On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's a win and a strike against unadulterated douchebaggery. Hey! If I don't hear silence, I'm going to start punching dicks. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. From the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. If we had to take this outside, it's all outside. We don't give a baller. Here's your host. Whatever this is, we're doing drinking beer and talking sports rob christie and matt robinson what's going on everybody episode 925 of the tall can audio podcast we are on twitter and instagram at tall can audio facebook.com slash tall can audio subscribe wherever you're listening right now to get the usual preamble out of the way my name's matt robinson his name's rob christie what are you saying today man i'm saying we are i think we're on the way out of this deep freeze i i, I don't know about you if you've been out or not well, only because we're about to get buried yeah, well, it's got to warm up a bit, right? That's <laughs> the upside is if you want snow, look at this guy to, trying to look on the bright side. <laughs> yeah, it's got to warm up. Hey, man, it was, it's almost late to five o'clock in the afternoon. I know, I noticed that too. It's uh... that I, I mean, I'm full of positives, Matt. Okay, full of positives. Yeah. Um, tested yeah. positive for a lot of things here over the course of his years. Hey, <laughs> but not I the am... thing that we're all thinking right now. That's right, and I am fully boosted. <laughs> okay. That a boy. Fully boosted. Yeah, back, uh, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, I guess. I got it bumped up. And so instead of having to you go were to going Cornwall, to Cornwall before? Yeah, and then got it at the end of the street. Yeah, man. It's, it's well, I think things started to open up, right? They yeah. started to, uh, but. Uh, I hear a lot okay. of people in Cornwall using a lot of needles, man. But I didn't know they were vaccinating down there. I yeah, didn't. <laughs> well, honestly, Cornwall, what a filthy place. <laughs> um, Sorry, good listener in Cornwall. <laughs> sure. Um, pr- a Former. proud you know, head of head seat of the United Counties of Stormont, Dundas, and Glengarry, Cornwall. Sure. Um, I'm a former resident of the, uh, you know, the United Principalities, if you will. Okay. Um, anyways, I got mine on Tuesday and again. Feeling invincible. For sure. Like ironclad, my Bring friend. Bring it. What do you got? Well, and, and really it's, my shoulder was a bit sore. Yeah. But that's it. No side effects. I have not had one hint of of any kind of off of any of the three doses. There's all kinds of like back and forth. Is that is that good news or bad news? Right? Like some people tell you the your immune system 
is kicking in harder if you're getting laid out, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's Yeah, no, and I'm sure it has everything to do with that, right? With with differing immune systems, yeah. how, how strong strong or not, just what you react to. And, and I'm sure uh, there may, and, and this is totally anecdotal, maybe there's a correlation to how hard the virus hits you too, right? Could be, yeah. Depending on how you react to anyways, um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm I'm waiting for my fourth now. When's that happening? Uh, they're knocking on my door for it. Yeah. So and when 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 does it end, man? That's the that's uh, the deal. So I was talking to somebody the other day. I said I watched a you know a little video from a a news broadcast in Australia. There's some guy down there who's had twelve. And they're like, is that allowed? <laughs> He's just like, I don't know. Whenever they have like the open house or whatever, he goes. I just get in line and. They poke me again and off I go. So if there are going to be any tragic circumstances that we're all going to encounter, keep an eye on that guy, I guess. For the yeah, next well, and, and again, I understand, you know, some vaccine hesitancy. <laughs> like I never, I never got a flu shot ever. Right. Uh, until last year. Um, I just didn't feel like I needed it. I felt like my, air quotes, my immune system was yeah. good enough and I never get sick. Right. right? But now global pandemic doctors are telling me, you know, it's funny. Last spread. year was probably the year you needed it the least. Yeah. Nobody no, going anywhere. Everybody masking. Spot, <laughs> spot on man. down 98% or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, but, uh, I, I think I'm also going to follow the recommended number and time in between. Okay. I just, I just, well, I, that guy with his 12 shots, yeah. <laughs> you're like every uh, two weeks. Hit me. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm out licking doorknobs <laughs> at Arby's and wherever else, right? You're just like, I, I think, no, not a great idea. No. Uh, what is a great idea is a pint. So what do you got today? I am drinking, uh, I, I decided to slightly divert away from my dark month, my stout month. Which was um, already a diversion from the just damp January you were going Yeah, the for. moist. Yeah, yeah dampuary, <laughs> moist January, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it sounds gross. Yeah, for sure. Um, dank January. <laughs> Don't get rid of the dank. <laughs> <laughs> well, and is there anything, nothing good is dank. No. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've got something new. I've never, uh, I've never had a beer from here today. So I am going with a best bitter from... Black Bellows Brewing out of Collingwood. Never heard of them. Uh, never heard of the beer. Although I, th- I thought you were about to pull the rug out from under me there for a second. Um, as I have something from the uh, 762 Brewery. And the only thing I'd ever heard of from them was something that uh, Michaela had on the podcast back in the fall. It was called Al's Best Bitter. So I thought you were, uh, you were scooping me there maybe. Oh, so this is the place just off 7? Right there in uh, in Madoc, Ontario. Yeah, it's Highway 7 and Highway 62. So uh, stopped there on the way back from uh, the cottage after the holidays to check the place out after uh, getting the good recommendation from those guys. And um, went in, obviously, with everything going on, the, they have, I guess, like a sit-down area and everything. Now it's all closed up, right? So it's just a little retail counter you can go in. So it didn't get a totally, um, like, total feel for the place or anything, but the guys working there seemed pretty nice and... Uh, um, yeah, grabbed a couple things from there, so this would be the first one of those. But uh, before I get into mine, yeah, anything. Wh- I thought I thought you were going to say there's no chairs or anything, so we I don't I, I don't mind a couple high boys, right? I can stand and have a pint, right? Is yeah. it, I don't know if sitting is is causing the issue, right? Um, but it's a different the, best bitter. This is dynamite. 
Okay. This is dynamite, right? Are, are you also drinking a best bitter? No, I didn't go with the. I, I, I you know, I'm fine with that. But uh, they were only selling them when I checked the website in sixes. And I was like, that's not something I need six of to experiment on, right? When you're trying it for the first time. Well, and and I so this is very drinkable, mm-hmm. very drinkable. It's called High Street, four point five percent. They listed as sessionable, and I would agree on all fronts that this is a highly sessionable beer. Nice. Um, High Street, best bitters, Collingwood, uh, Black Bellows Brewing out of Collingwood. It's got a very like factory feel to it or something. Yeah, well, like Bellows, that. right? Yeah. That's anything used to create combustion and, yep. and so forges, any kind of... Um, or just bellowing black smoke. As we, as we sort of roll through all these, and I've, been, I've got a couple of these, a couple of beers from, from Black Bellows. The other one is... Um, is a Hell's Lager. So it's a, um, you know, just a sort of, it's escaping me now, but it's a pale yep. German. Um, and it's called, and you can help me out here. And again, people with their craft beers and their names, and sometimes you jump the shark on what <laughs> you're going to sure. call it. So this, this Hell's Lager is called E-L-9-W-Y-E. Anything, Matt? You got something? I'm thinking, is it Spanish? Is, am I on Bumper Stumpers? Well, that's exactly... Hey, fuck yeah, man. Love that show. <laughs> um, you kids out there have no idea. But yeah, for sure. I I don't know. Is it... Yeah, like, is it a license plate? Is it a L9Y? L9... I don't okay, know what they're going for. No Matt, idea, man. Go no further because... I said, hey, blankety blank, what's the address for Black Bellows Brewing? Mm-hmm. And it said, Black Bellows Brewing, you know, uh, blank, blank, Simcoe Street, Collingwood, L9Y. Okay. It's the it's L9Y is the first three digits of the postal code. All right. Code. Well, if you're local, that's probably kind of fun. The rest of us, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. So when you did it, you went L9Y? Yeah. L9Y. Uh, yeah. I have a very yeah. simple mind, man. I'm just going to try and sound this out. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's simple, Matt, or you just plucked the obvious right out of the air. And I was the simple one going, I don't know. I don't know. And again, I went the same way you did. El Nino. Yeah, I was trying to turn El, it into a weather it, system or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, El Nino. El, El, anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's L9Y. Okay. A nod to the locals, but at, at the end of the day, you're like the postal code. Who goes with the postal code? It's, it's a leap, Nobody eh? goes with the postal code. Anyways, what do you have going on over there, Matt? So this is one, yeah, from the uh, the 762, and um, this is called the Madoc Dark. And Madoc always a, a key stop, man, on the on that trip from from Ottawa down to Peterborough or vice versa, you know, or anywhere in that area. That's kind of where the family cottage is now, or whatever. There's a Tim Hortons on one side of the highway and McDonald's on the other. So you kind of stop, break up the drive. Everybody gets what they need and you kind of carry on. And now a brewery, uh, which is going to be key to perhaps. God bless them. Yeah, exactly. Jesus so Christ. really high hopes here, like hoping that this turns into a place that I want to be stopping often, right? So uh, this is the Madoc Dark. It's a red. Uh, it's They say it's an Irish red, but on their website, when you actually go into the description... They say it almost like it's got like chocolatey notes to it. There, it it almost crosses into and, and borders on a porter, which is intriguing to me. This red porter crossover thing. So uh, we'll see what that's going to be all about. It's it's called the uh, the Madoc Dark. 
What's the ABVs on that? Just five percent. So okay, uh, and and it's interesting um, when you talk about that that intersection at Madoc with the McDonald's and the Tim Hortons. The McDonald's is more recent. The Tim Hortons has been there for quite some time. Right. And man, world's longest, you know, uh, drive-through lineup. Yep. And then always a lineup to get out the door. Like that's a that's a license to print money. That place. And for any of you, again. Slightly older listeners who remember train spotting the movie, <laughs> and when he drops his heroin into that toilet in the dirtiest bathroom <laughs> in Edinburgh, th- that fa- may have bathroom, been filmed in Tim Hortons. Yeah, that bathroom is so foul. But again, when you have that many people going through it, you just need to have one person standing there with a hot, soapy bucket, just <laughs> slapping people with it when they come in and out. <laughs> And this is a non-COVID time. It was like, yeah. yuck, man. I'm peeing outside on the... Well, before the, the the family cottage used to be up more near Bancroft, right? Before moving. And so we would go the other way and we would end up in Renfrew. And the Robinsons would tell you all day long that the Renfrew McDonald's is the single slowest McDonald's you will ever encounter. Yes. Um, it was horrendous. And... Horrendous. Like, I, I just simple folk uh, out... You know, I'm riding the family tractor through Hello, the drive-thru. Out in the valley. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. Um, too many cottagers like us clogging it up on a Friday evening. I'm sure that was probably part of it. It was just terrible, though. And um, for whatever reason, when we'd all, you know, be cruising through, there wasn't anything else till Bancroft, right? It, it's Renfrew or Bancroft. And you're just like, well, let's just get something now. And all the way out there, you'd be like, let's not bother stopping at McDonald's. We'll try something else. And then you'd finally get there. It's like, whatever. Let's just risk it and do the McDonald's. Ah, oh, it's 25 minutes again. Like, it's... Well, you and I, so uh, having been on, you know, two different times in my life. Yeah. Uh, to the Robinson to, Compound. To the Robinson Compound up in uh, <laughs> in that neck of the woods. Yeah. And the first time, we stopped in Renfrew. Right. And it was atrocious. Right. <laughs> the second time, we forged on and stopped. In Bancroft. Yep. Way better. Yep. No, there's something about that. So you're right. We have had our challenges at the Madoc one a couple times, but nothing holds a candle to the one in Renfrew. So no, super foul. How's that beer going over there? Pretty good. It's it's dry. Like maybe a, I guess an Irish red. That's sort of what you should be. Expecting. I'm not yeah. really getting the the crossover porter thing. So that's fine. But it's still a really tasty beer. Uh, it does have some kind of chocolatey notes that they mentioned, which is isn't uncommon in a in a darker red. Um, we'll post the photo of it. You people can judge for yourself on our Instagram at Talkhand Audio. But yeah, enjoying it so far. Um, there are two other ones that uh, over the next few weeks we'll try on the podcast here and uh, and see if this is going to be a winner. Uh, I, like I said, really. It's so yeah, convenient on the exactly. road back. <laughs> well, I really Somebody tells it. me it's going to be a winner. Right. right? It's gonna- <laughs> It, it's it, it, even if it's the McDonald's of beers, exactly. you're like, ah, it's not the best burger, but <laughs> it's it's, it's a, beautifully located, <laughs> and I know what I'm getting. Yeah, there is something um, to that, and it's interesting because I love beer. Yeah, I love talking about beer, and it's interesting because I know you and I have knocked back and forth. You know, I'll decide whether this is the best bitter or not. <laughs> you know, who's who are you to tell me? And, and it's interesting because. Over the past, I don't know, I've had a couple of, of, of English-style bitters over the past six weeks on the show. And it's led me to, off and on, do some, do some research. And again, today I had to go, and, I'm, and it's, it's sort of sticking with me now. You know, there's so much shit when it comes to brewing and beer styles. And, and it's starting to stick with me. But bitters, 
English style bitters come in three subcategories. There's okay. your ordinary there's your ordinary bitters, which is really the only difference is the alcohol percentage. Your ordinary bitters under 3.8%. Your best Whoa. bitters. Yeah, your best bitters between 3.8 and 4.8. Okay. And your extra special bitters, your ESBs, right. 4.8 and above. Okay. That is really the difference. And the beauty of whoever's doing the subtle but dynamite public relations work, public <laughs> relations work for the English style bitter, mm-hmm. they're like, this is the most well-balanced beer. You know, when you look at your at your three main ingredients of yeast, you know, malt, hops, right? That this is, you know, you have your yeast forward beers like your Heffenweizens, these sorts of things. You have your malt forward beers like your porters and your stouts, right? That bready, as you say, chocolatey, roasty beers. Yep. Then there are your hop forward beers like your IPAs, East and West Coast. This is the most well-balanced beer. Mm. And so to me, that's what lends to its sessionable nature, right? So to me, this is a nice sort of copper amber color, but dynamite. I, I'm, uh, I'm down with what they got going on here. I wanted to tell you. Shut we, up. We got, yeah, well, <laughs> keep that in my back pocket. Um, we got a lot of feedback on the old Farley and Ron versus Captain Spandex yeah. from last week. Yeah. Uh, All right. Bring it. A little bit of it. Most of it sort of siding with you, or at least in that general area, like, okay, I've given you your say, but it's time to carry on now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's yep. just, but obviously, the fun stuff is always at the extremes. And uh, I forget which one you said came first, but we did get one guy, his name's Ryan, who said, uh, the first guy, you fucking idiot or you moron? Which game? You you fucking morons. That's the one that came first? Yeah. He said, that's more than I have to take. (laughs) I'm pounding him right then. Ryan! (laughs) We are cut from the same cloth, my man. Um, We got another one that was anonymous that said, if Captain Spandex wants to come over and slap you in the face after you let your dog run free in the experimental farm, he's allowed to do that. So, like I said, got people... Anonymous! Yeah. <laughs> Put your name on it, you douchebag, and you're likely wearing spandex right now. It might have been the guy, right? Yeah, like, do, not get, do not get in my personal space. Right? So. You can shout obscenities from 75 feet away. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got time. It may have that. been the guy that Farley... Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Himself. Yeah. No, and I knew we would. But the, in the mi- most of it was in the middle. Like, yeah, he has the right to say something to you. You were wrong, which you said a, a dozen times on the show. But at some point, you've made your point, right? And you came in heavy, landing blows there on the the first two. We're done here now, right? Like, yeah. it, let's all just move on with our days where the majority came in. But the, the fun stuff's always at the extremes. So. Well, and, and, and the thing is. A, I, I'm way too old to be getting into fist fights at the experimental farm. <laughs> like, I don't know what the age that is. I don't know where you, you divide that line. Right. And, and, but I find myself compelled still to, it, to just 
not take that shit and abuse. But but anyways, <laughs> as I said, the better half is not interested in in this sort of shenanigans, <laughs> hijinks. So I have to keep all that sort of. And again, I deserve a certain amount deserve, of it. Yeah, for sure. Yep. To me, to me, what I'm left with, and what still a week later I'm left with. Is you fucking white entitled piece of shit? That was the. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still left with. I I don't know, man. Where are you? I've had, just, I don't know if people. If it's just because you know most people follow the show account or whatever, but like I've had at least three this week where I've just tweeted out, you know, good to see Marner back in the lineup, and in the replies, you fucking white entitled piece of shit. <laughs> I'm like it's not even me. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, but clearly, with your shitty opinion, yeah. I'm allowed to lob that. And, and who's allowed to lob that? <laughs> On Twitter, everybody apparently. Yeah, okay, but in, in person, yeah, face to face, yeah, that's different. And again, you, I, I have no idea. Like, I grew up next to a First Nations reserve, mm-hmm. and there was a there was a blonde haired, blue eyed, full. Full status First Nations. Right. There was a red-headed, freckled-faced, full-blooded. Mm-hmm. And so I have no idea who's running around. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you can call me an entitled piece of shit. Right. Totally good. Because I've been called a fucking moron. I've been called a fucking idiot before. You're going to have to do better than that, buddy. Yeah, for sure, man. But but you did get me with, you fucking white, entitled piece of shit. Oh, yeah, it may be true, but it's one of those things where you're like, uh-huh. uh <laughs> The head kind of gives a little, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's, that's, yeah, fuck that guy. And and whoever, all those people you're entitled to, but. Yeah. Well, that's half the fun of it, right? That's the reason and, to bring it up, so. And that's why I threw it out there, because yep. I was looking for opinion, and I was prepared for some people to say, yeah, you deserve all of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. Whatever whatever comes your way, you brought that on yourself. I was prepared for that. I think you if could the, be wrong. Yes. But I was prepared for that. <laughs> I think if the guy responds more civilized, you probably come out on a worse end of this. But when he starts coming with what he's bringing, I think a lot of people came back your way. So <laughs> Well, and, and, and you know, here's the thing, Matt, and, and I'm going to share an, another unrelated story. Okay. Just in terms of of how you how you react or act towards something, I used to work, and you know, I used to work at a at a gas station garage in the evenings and weekends, mm-hmm. and and so people would come to pick up their cars, people, all this sort of stuff. I was the guy there handling all the business on a week. <laughs> His other people's whatever. Yeah, glad <laughs> it was a weekend. So. Yeah, dong dong, <laughs> ringing it like the stock exchange is opening. Whatever. Um, but I'm there on a weekend. I'm and so it's, glad we have that clip moving forward. <laughs> I don't and, know what I'm going to do with it yet. Yeah, but it'll, it'll, it'll show up somewhere. <laughs> I'm almost positive. But anyways, yeah, actually, well, one of, anyway, we'll get back to that. All right. I, I, I'm there on the weekend and a guy comes in and he buys, cause there's an arena across the street, but we're way out uh, uh, you know, out of the city mm-hmm. at this point. Now the city has grown over it. Yeah. But he shows up, he rolls in, gets out, he comes in after pickup hockey, obviously on a he grabs a Powerade. Okay. Pays, pays for his Powerade. Not even out, going for the good stuff. Out he goes. Yeah. Comes back in like two minutes later, and he says, Hey, the seal was off of this. Hmm. I'm like, oh, 
and he holds it up and the Powerade is half gone. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, that was full when you left. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but the, the seal was off. But you still he's drank like, it, man. He's like, you need to give me another one. And I'm like, uh, no, you drank half of it. Yeah. You weren't concerned <laughs> when you opened it and there was no seal and you drank half. Right. So guess what? No. Anyways, he says to me, you white entitled piece of shit. No, no. He says, hey, why don't you go fuck your hat? <laughs> and I'm like, and then he's, he, he leaves and I'm like, my hat. Do you, do you, well, no, I, to me, that's a, that's a phrase, but I hadn't heard it since I was like 13. I'm like, do you tell me to go fuck my hat? <laughs> so I run around the counter and I go out the door and I'm like, hey. And then he gets back out of his car and I'm like, did you want me to go fuck my hat? And he's like, yeah. So I'm walking towards him. He's walking towards me. What am I, what am I, what's going to happen here, Matt? Anyways, I, I threw the guy to the ground <laughs> right in the parking lot of the gas power station. <laughs> so anyways, he, he scrambles up and he's like, hey, fuck you. And he gets in his car and he drives away. Like that was enough for him. And I go back into the, into the, into the gas station and I feel badly. Oh, okay. Hey man, I, at this point, I don't know. I'm in my late twenties. Really like, just realized there's probably a security camera in front of it. <laughs> wow. And just whatever the, re- you know, you go, ah, you fucking, you could, you handled, you could have handled that better. Right. He could have handled it better, yep. but he's the one that got thrown to the ground. <laughs> so he really could have handled it better. Um, yeah. So anyways, maybe 10 minutes later, I'm like, I'm, I'm running somebody else's business here. Man. This isn't yep. even my business. Yep. Anyways, about 10 minutes later, here comes the black Volkswagen Jetta back into the parking lot again. And I'm like, all right. Round two. But he's back. He better bring a tire iron this time (laughs) because he got his ass pitched to the dirt last time. (laughs) Anyways, he comes in and he just pokes his head and he's like, hey, sorry about that. I handled it poorly. And I'm like, oh, man. Now you really feel bad. Well, no, no. I told him. I said, yeah, "Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you came back. I handled it poor. Anyways, we had a here's had a free a, Powerade. Yeah, on me. No, forget it. Still get out of here, man. Take your fucking half drunk Powerade and beat it. Um, but it, but we were able to have the conversation afterwards, and I felt better. He felt better. He still had a bloody elbow, but whatever. Dialogue, communication. You still had an unfucked hat. Yeah, go fuck your hat. So, anyways, that guy. And you just feel better. Yep. You, you just, uh, dialogue, man. Dialogue. <laughs> it's usually better before someone gets pitched to the ground, but, you know, better late than never. Well, well and so it was brought to me recently in the conversation, like, yeah, but you're in the wrong. You, you laid hands on that guy. And I'm like, yeah, but what am I to expect when he's getting into my personal space? But you're striding towards his personal space. It doesn't count as him getting in your space if you're approaching him. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, Matt. Yes. It's details. A little dialogue goes a long way. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways, there was something else I wanted to pick your brain on. Not pick your brain on. It's really, it's a bit of a mission I've been on for a couple of weeks. The mission to civilize. Best handled by someone else. Never. Exactly. (laughs) Tamed. Although they do say you can change a man up until he's 50. Okay, well, you got just a little time to squeeze that in. <laughs> Give it grow. a shot, man. Yeah, grow. Do your best. Um, there's a version, when I'm in the gym, I listen to, there's a, I can only get classic rock 
uh, the new building we're in, it doesn't get, doesn't pick up a lot of stuff. And anyways, blah, blah, blah. There's a version of Rocket in the Free World, not the Neil Young version, because it, it's okay. Yep. It's, it's classic. Okay, but it's, yeah, but it's a little slower. Fuck, it's a it's Pearl good. Jam live version. Oh, yeah. And I know you've talked about the 2011 show. I think mm-hmm. it was 20. I say 2011, because that's... That's a Toronto show where Neil comes out, I think. Yeah, right at the end. You can see his hat coming up the steps at the back of the yeah. stage. Fucking awesome. You, and you've told that story about you and one of the Millers. Yep. Um, so it's a live version, but it's it's up-tempo. Okay. And I don't know who the other person in the song is, because it's always playing when I'm in the gym, and it's on a, on a rock radio station. So I've looked around on YouTube trying to find it. Can't find it, because there's obviously... A hundred million versions of Pearl Jam live with Dave Grohl, with everybody and their uncle. Yep. So I I go to my sister, who's an absolute Pearl Jam head. Good honor. Like, hey, I'm looking for this. The lyrics are slightly different in the middle. You know, you can write it on a t-shirt, write it on your heart. Like these are lyrics that are not in the, in the song. And so she's like, I don't know. And she's looking around and looking around and I, I can't find it. I can't find it. She doesn't know. And so I contact the local rock radio station and I said, Hey, you play this song. I said, maybe, you know, you could tell me what it is. Cause I'm looking around. I love it. Yeah. It's up tempo. It, it kills it. I know a guy who listens to this show religiously who could tell you if this, if the radio station can't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're probably too late. Cause okay. there's a happy ending. To the okay. Story. Anyways, but the said rock radio station gets back to me and goes, Oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm like, well, you play it. There's like, it's it's probably the 93 MTV Music Awards, which is with Neil Young. Right. Or it's the 2011 Toronto show with Neil Young. Hmm. It's neither of those. Okay. So anyways, I get back in touch with the with the woman who does the, the lunch hour show, which is when I'm in the gym. And she's like, oh, you can find it here. And she just puts a link. Yep. To the Pearl Jam website. <laughs> and it says, Rockin' in the Free World. Played 338 times live. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it, yes, you can find it over there. And I'm like, I, I'm not on a journey here. I'm not a fucking <laughs> hobbit. Just give me the fucking <laughs> album or something, man. Who's like, on this? This one specifically, done. yeah. Anyways, I send the email on to my sister. And I'm like, hey, talk to your... Pearl Jam people and tell me what you <laughs> tell me what you can find out. Anyways, Friday she, she sends me an email saying, Hey, I think I found we it. We found it. Is this it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it is. It is it. And it's it's actually because I, I I'm listening to it. I don't even know who this who the other person is. But it turns out the other one is Bono. It's oh. Pearl Jam and U2. They're calling it U Jam. Yeah. Rocking in the free world, and it is an outstanding version. Like to me, it cooks. It's got all the the portions you would like about rocking in the free world. Up tempo, super tight, good listen. Okay, rocking in the free world by U Jam. We'll try and link that in the show notes at talkinaudio.com Here, I the one that I have is just straight Pearl Jam, and it's like early Pearl Jam too, where. It's still very grungy, like it's not a good recording, yeah. but they're cooking the same way, like it's way up-tempo. I, I haven't seen a recording of the one where I was at the show in, in Toronto, but there had been speculation all day as we were driving into the ACC and 
get ready, like who might be the special guest for this one. And everyone, it's it's Toronto, right? Maybe it's Neil Young. Wouldn't that be cool if Neil Young showed up and we were like, man, that'd be awesome. But what are the odds, right? And, and so, yeah, my buddy Miller, as, as he comes out, it's part of the encore and they're just in the middle of jamming and the hat's coming up the steps at the back of the stage. My buddy's like elbowing me and shaking. He's like, he's here. He's fucking here. <laughs> so uh, there's something about Pearl Jam and that tune. Like they cover it probably more than anybody. But you're right. Like everyone has taken a stab at it. I think we've even talked on this show about that that Live 8 concert up in Barrie where basically everyone who had performed came back out. That was where Gord Downey was standing beside Neil Young singing with him. Um, Our Lady Peace, or not Our Lady Peace, uh, the Bare Naked Ladies are there. The There's a bunch of Canadian kind of... Um, yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. Probably, right? I can't even remember. For some reason, probably just because he was on tour in the area, the Buck Cherry lead singer is <laughs> irritating everyone. Like yeah. He's like taking the mic from Gordon Lightfoot. I'm like, you don't even know who the fuck that is, but don't do that up here, man. Like, yeah, Nelly Furtado. Uh, not quite. It's a little further back than that, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I should mention, people are enjoying, if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, episode 924, Andrew Stoughton was on the podcast. A lot of Blue Jays talk, um, what's gone on thus far uh, throughout the offseason, and, um, you know, just what's realistic, what they could do with the Sky Dome. They've obviously decided there before Christmas that they're not going to, you know, tear it down and build a new park. They're not going to move. They're going to do their best to renovate inside that footprint. So a lot of talk about that as well. That's episode 924. And on 926, Graham Creech and Steve Bunda return. Big UFC card coming up on Saturday. Uh, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon for the heavyweight title. That's going to be a big one on UFC 270. So those guys will be back uh, to help get us ready for that show. And uh, also the following Thursday, we go back-to-back shows with sweaty guys in their underwear. It's Royal Rumble week, man. And uh, Kevin Week, uh, Kevin Weeks, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet. We'll be back to uh, help us get ready for the WWE Royal Rumble a week from Thursday. So a uh, lot of lot of testosterone in the next couple of episodes. Well, I thought that was more of a shot at local uh, record, uh, like sort of distant recording, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sweaty guys in their underwear. I'm like, hey, man, I'm wearing shorts. Not and back in studio. Today. Yeah, exactly. People dress for the show when it's done remotely, however they want. So uh, get subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, make sure you catch those ones. And like I said, uh, the one with uh, with Andrew Stoughton is available now wherever you're hearing this or at tallcanaudio.com. Uh, lots of stuff we could get to today, but I think the biggest story across kind of the, the sports world over the last week to 10 days, even more than that, I guess, is the story of Novak Djokovic, man, who went down to the Australian Open with what he thought was a valid exemption for, uh, for being vaccinated, uh, was held up at the border, Said you're not coming in here. He was sort of at an immigration detention center, I guess, for a few days. Um, got overturned. Why don't you come on out? He gets entered into the uh, the draw. They're going to let him play, and then that gets overturned again. Actually, we're not going to let you play. And just this weekend, um, the final appeal came to whatever their Supreme Court is, and was overturned, and he was deported from the country of Australia. What do you make of the whole thing, man? It's it's a it's a win and a strike against unadulterated douchebaggery. <laughs> like to me, it's it's whatever. I don't care what your stance is on vaccination, anti-vax, whatever your deal is. I don't care. It's well stated up front. Unless you have a valid exemption. Mm-hmm. 
you will not be allowed into the country, right? And dude has fudged, lied, disregarded rules forever. This is the same guy who, you know, had a celebrity tour in sort of April, May of 2020 unmasked. This is a guy who was seen partying during the initial wave. Yep. This is a guy who recently, as recently as, you know, mid-December, tested positive again, went and did a children's event unmasked, knowing he was COVID positive, Mm -hmm. went on and did a sit-down presser with L'Equipe, a French magazine, sat down with the, the reporter and a camera guy, unmasked, did not tell them that he was COVID positive, has showed up and said, oh yeah, sorry, my my manager made a Checked human error. the wrong box. Yeah. And so... I guess the one they caught him on was, have you traveled in the last 14 days? And he said, no. And then you're fucking Novak Djokovic. Like people notice when you go to events, like, well, here it's, you were here and you were here. Like, oh yeah, I guess maybe I yeah. did. <laughs> and the thing is, it's the lies on top of the lies on top of the lies. And, and if you weren't so in people's faces, he gets the visa where there was an error on it. Yeah. He takes a photo and posts it to social media, holding the visa saying, here it is. I'm See in you soon. Yeah. Fuck you. And then he shows up and then the judge says, yeah, the initial judge saying, yeah, the error isn't enough that, you know, he allows him to play yeah. due to legal loopholes. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I, I have to let you. And then what does he do? He doesn't just go to the venue and start practicing head down. Like I'm going to win my 10th Australian open. Yeah. No, he and his team rush to the courthouse and appear on the steps taking photos in, in at the courthouse like ah we did it fuck you and, right. and this is in a this is in a country which has some of the most stringent lockdown rules and they're not happy about it no like, they're not this has not been super well received and now you're going to let this guy in because he's a nine time Australian Open champion? Yeah, you have the the organizer of the tournament rallying for him, right? Like wanting him in because he's good for the tournament, right? The people who who want him there for the for the Australian Open are trying to help him make this happen. Meanwhile, the rest of the country, as you said, has had some stringent lockdown. They're getting fucked right now. Like it's hitting them hard right now, and they don't want any part of this. Especially like there are people there who don't want the event happening at all. That ship had obviously sailed. And now, yeah, here's an unvaccinated guy who's shoving it in our faces that he got through our... Yeah. These people don't want you here. <laughs> like, like you said, it would be one thing if he got through it, managed to get in, and just went his hotel, the training facility, and the competition court, and, and you know, put his head down and just did his work. But no, you're running around being a PR dink. Yeah. And, and, and this is a country, like, that has, during COVID, very stringent border controls. Mm-hmm. But it's always had very stringent border controls. Like when planes land, they get sprayed. They, there's just a bunch of things happening there. Like this is a, a an isolated country slash continent yeah, that delicate says ecosystem. We don't model. want yeah. whatever you're bringing, right? They're they're super strict on you know you, when you're traveling and you do the immigration thing that says, yeah. are you bringing food or seeds or plants? 
Like, there's shit there. You got to pitch everything in the garbage. There's nothing coming through. Right. And so they've been strict forever. And so why anybody would think now is the time to start to start flaunting that is beyond me. And and I'm listening to people on the street, and this is a sporting culture. People saying, "Yeah, I have two kids who are competitive tennis players who aren't allowed to compete." Mm-hmm. unless they're double vaccinated yep. for this guy to come in and expect to be able to play for no good medical reason is bullshit. Yep. And so to me, I, I, uh, for some reason I care about it way more than I should. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for highlights. I'm refreshing last night when, <laughs> when it's in court. Right. And I'm like, I, I don't mind the guy. Great tennis player. Yeah. Like, to me, he is, he is dominant and he has this great opportunity to set the record for most Grand Slam titles by right a now. Yeah, tied with Federer and Nadal. And exactly. And like his legacy in recent years seems to have become more important to him. Like he seems to be more aware of how he's viewed. And you would think, like winning this one, because he always performs very well at the Aussie Open, you would think. Showing up here and doing this would like he would pull ahead of those guys and you know he could overcome everything that's in his own mind been put in front of him. But to show up and act like such a knob about the whole thing, right? And just be kind of rubbing it in everyone's faces is so I get it. He's always been a bit of a dink, but I, I don't know what you were hoping to accomplish here. Like you're you're making your own road more difficult, um, by kind of shoving it in everyone's face. And to me, the yeah, and and nine of his 20 Grand Slam titles are at us at the Australian Open. Yeah. And so with a deportation comes potentially a three-year ban. Yeah. Now there's some talk that might get yeah, yeah. waved. I, I know, but you are talking about a guy who is getting into the, the back end of his prime, yep. Yep. right? And so, and, and to me, the, the real sort of cherry on top, the... The real sugary finish on this story is the Serbian president who continues I was to ask, yeah. who continues to weigh in and shoot his trap. Like if you ever looked like a piss pot dictator, <laughs> this is the thing when you start saying, Oh, if you're gonna why are you bullying and harassing this great athlete from the small country of Serbia? You know, is it the only way you can stop him? And you're like, they don't want to stop him. They want him in. Like he's, he's good nine- for business, but yes. like, and, and as you said, like piss pot dictate. Like, why do you think your guy should just be able to walk into another sovereign country and not yeah. obey their rules or their laws? Like, who are you? It's yeah. so weird to see the there were there were rallies and his father was on TV talking about how he'd been wrongfully imprisoned, and you're like, oh, okay, chill out here, man. Like, yeah, it yeah. got a bit nuts. He's not at a United Nations refugee camp under a <laughs> under a canvas tent in the sun, right? Like, a, not to make fun of that. No, but, but yeah. This is not where he is. And he could have at any time just gone, fuck it, got back on a plane and flown home, right? Like, you knew what you were walking into. You had the opportunity to say, at some point, you've brought this upon yourself to show up on someone else's shores and go, I don't particularly care what your laws are. I'm coming in because I'm going to play tennis. And they went, uh, fuck you. And you can go home now. Go suck a cock. Just yeah. like that. And, and and it'll be interesting to see because he is getting late in his in yep. his career. Does he think this is going to crop up again when the French Open comes around? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of countries Wh- that have different. Wimbledon. Now, if you can make it to the end of the year in the U.S. Open, 
Shit's open. Come on right in, man. Yeah, for whatever, man. You do whatever you need to We're do. We're having but... it in Jacksonville this year. Yeah. Under a tent at a casino. <laughs> um, yeah. So to me, it's it's super interesting. And, and you just, like, you listen to him when he wins and he says, he speaks eloquently. Yeah. He, um, he comes across as a, as a sportsman, but you see more and more like, uh, last year it was, I can't remember if it was in the U S or it was Wimbledon when he was angry about something and he whacked a ball and it hit that lineswoman in the throat. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and, and it's in the, the camera is the ISO cam is on him. Yeah. And the first thing he's like, Oh, yeah. And then he's like, and when she starts going to a knee and he's like, Come on, he's got his hands out to the side, like really? You're like, fuck, man, you just smoked a ball, yeah, and hit her in the neck, like it probably hurt. Uh, you're gonna blame her for this, yeah, yeah. And you just sort of go, oh, there's so many little things. That well, he was also over. taking runs at Naomi Osaka when she was saying with her mental health she didn't want to do the press conferences, and he's just like, whatever, that's part of the job. You show up, and you're like you're not going to get a bunch of sympathy right now when you're the one going through it, right? You've sort of alienated a lot of people here. Yeah. And so, and, and there's people listening, you listen to various players and, and, and they're all trying to sort of skirt it. Yeah. Not I don't want to be the story here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there was, there was, and I can't remember who the female player was saying, Hey man, there's some great stuff going on here, right? Andy Murray's playing in the final of the warm up tournament and, mm-hmm. There's great tennis and a bunch of us are preparing and this is sucking all the oxygen out of the room. You Nadal's oh. really been the only one to speak, you know, repeatedly, right? Like he's been, and he's just kind of gone, look, we're in another country. These are the rules, right? Like, I, I don't know what else to say if they well, say, tu- to- go ahead. And sorry, you touched on it. This is another sovereign nation. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you feel, if they want to say, and at the end of the day, the immigration minister said, no, man, we don't want you here for the, ultimately, for the message it sends. Yeah. When the Aussie Supreme Court, when they came out and ruled on his, like, that's what was appealed, was his decision. The guy who spoke on behalf of whatever that final court was said, we didn't even so much get into his specific case. What we studied was, does the immigration minister have the right to do this? And once they determined, yeah, that's clearly given the circumstances and where, you know, everyone knew the laws coming in and everything. Yeah, they have the right. So it wasn't even so much that they denied his appeal. They didn't go into that. They went, does this, you know, member of the government have the right to make this decision? Once they determine he does, the rest of it's irrelevant, right? Like, yeah, go home. Go home. (laughs) Yeah, People were getting up in arms about like, why is this taking so long? And you're like, man, this is... This is sped up. Oh my process. God. It was incredibly fast for something going to that level of. And at the end of the day, that's what we have checks and balances for. Yes. You do not get to come in. I'm going to appeal. And you go, yeah, well, your appeal works on this, on these grounds. And then you have the, the, the federal minister saying, no, we don't want them right. on these grounds. I'm going to appeal that. Yep. All right. You have that right. These are the checks and balances. But at the end of the day, you as a sovereign nation have the right to say, no, we right. don't want you and you're not coming in. No matter how much the president of Serbia wants to make it a. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you harassing incident? this good man? <laughs> um, man, a couple other things here from, uh, from the world of hockey you wanted to touch on. And, you know, over the last week or so, we've seen the, um, 
the rules or the rules, the rosters for the NHL All-Star Games come out. There's been all kinds of stuff there on who's going, who isn't. Um, you can find most of it in other places. Some of it is, uh, Rob is not going, uh, not an all-star. Um, it, it, it's been covered, right? And we do this every year and this year more than any, I think it's pretty obvious. A lot of guys just said, I don't want to go. Like the fact that Crosby isn't there to me, that's because he doesn't want to be there, right? Like Brad Marchand to me, if he wants to go, maybe he's being punished for speaking out against the, uh, Olympics, the Olympic thing, but there's a bunch of like Nazem Kadri. He'd probably want to go, but there's a weird balance you're trying to strike between having the biggest names in the game there, um, but also rewarding whatever. So like guys who are having career years. So that's how Nate McKinnon gets in ahead of Kadri. That could all be no, solved, honestly. Kadri ahead of McKinnon. That's what I mean. Like Nate McKinnon is going because he's a big name. Like he's a star. He was voted in as a captain. Um, there's a balance to be struck between having your biggest names yeah. and your guys having career years. And if you are stuck on and wanting to continue this three on three tournament, fine, but you're going to have to like expand the rosters by two or three slots, right? Like it's, it, no one takes this fucking seriously anyway. So who cares? You could get Caudry and McKinnon there, like in those yeah. particular cases, I don't know how bad we want to get bogged down on all of that. It's been covered in other places, um, I th- just think it's interesting this year because I think a lot of these are pretty clearly that some stars just didn't want to yeah. be bothered, especially with the Olympic thing being taken away. But the bigger conversation maybe should be whether or not this thing should even be happening, given that you did call off the Olympics. You've had just dozens of games canceled on the Omicron thing. You're trying to make up a schedule. Uh, it's going to be cramped down the back half. What do you make of the fact that they're even trying to do this? Well, first of all, is there is there a better bargain in the NHL than Nazem Kadri right now? I'm not even doing this. I know why you're. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying he's that guy's... Have a, he's having a career year, that and he's guy's... happening to have it in the UFA year, which good on you, man. Yeah. Wow. But guys like he, uh, Drake Batherson, is deservedly the uh, the Ottawa Senator. He's over a point of game guy. Like he is the. That would be the other way out of this is just ditching the everyone has to be represented rule and just have your best players there. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily apply to Batherson. Yeah, it certainly is, applies to Nick Suzuki, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. who's got nothing. I think he's got 19 points or like people in Toronto, of course, are going Nylander 16 goals, Suzuki 19 points. Yeah. What are we doing? Um, I'm not yeah, suggesting yeah. Willie needs to be an all-star, but but you could also make room for Kadri and right. and Crosby and, and whatever else by just going, yeah, some of you suck. Adrian Kempe, you do not need to be at the all-star game, man. See ya. Like, we're not doing this. I don't know who's going to be the representative for Arizona, but you don't deserve a representative. You're out. I, Andre Tourigny. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I sent that over to you because I think it's ridiculous that they're having it at all this year. As you've said, you're already looking at Ottawa having to play, I think, 52 more games in 106 days. Nice. Like, that. that is an inc- – and then you're going to cram some shitty all-star game in here. And again, I get it. It's, it's not like this isn't all about um, broadcast money – ESPN's first year owning it, they probably want it. Because otherwise, you're like, 
take those four days, whatever it is, scrap it and, and use that to sort of lengthen out. And, it, and it's fine. If you want to do this for that broadcast and sponsorship money and say, hey, guys, thanks for, for being on board with us, you got to lengthen the season. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't have, I think you're going to at some point end up having to do that anyway. Um, I know they don't want to, but I just, I, I guess I need, I need to know how much is this worth? And it's not just in yep. good relationship, but you are trying to get your sponsors to stay with you because things have been rough. You are trying to appeal to ESPN, who is yeah. now your premier broadcaster, and this is their first year with it, all these things. But how much is it worth? Because I, I saw, I think it was in the most recent 32 Thoughts uh, podcast, Friedman said he's pretty sure the skills competition is going to go Friday, the game will go Saturday, and there'll be games Monday. And normally that gets held till like Wednesday. Like it's, you are f- probably playing Wednesday, flying to Vegas, doing these two things, and then you're expected to be back in action somewhere with your team on Monday. So that's pretty rough. <laughs> like on a, on a complete side note, all right. Elliot taking a pile of heat in this house on his on his wardrobe choice. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to listen to what he's saying and I'm getting elbowed saying, are you looking at what he's wearing with the red jacket and the maroon shirt? Well, I don't what know is happening got, there? In the pregame show, Biaxo was giving him shit. Saying, I was thinking I'd come over and sit on your lap and tell you what I want for Christmas next year. Freeman's like, it's not going to matter. You don't get shit at Christmas. Like, yeah. well, that's a disturbing visual. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about coming over and sitting in your lap. No, you're not. <laughs> There's zero chance. Um, but yeah, okay. So then you've 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 hit the nail on the head with, are you making it the the tightest sort of time frame? Looks like Just two days. We'll give you the off day on both sides and then your hangover day. No doubt. It's in Vegas. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, there's been a place that's never seen a mask. Right. Right throughout the thing. Now, again, I, I get it when you're looking at uh, the percentage of the league that's had COVID recently. Yeah. But it's, it's, if they can give us a number and they really don't have to. No. I demand to see a number. <laughs> no, you're not getting it. All right. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's fine if you want to lengthen the season, but if you're going to try and stay to tight, rigid end dates and you are now asking players, and we talked about this last week, right? It's sort of in the best interest of both sides to play all the games and to do all the things. Make as right? much money as you can. Exactly. And so, but at what point do you go, yeah, my product is being damaged by running these athletes out every second night from here till eternity. <laughs> And, and, and the, the health of the players, where are you, where do you balance those two things? Just add two weeks to the end. Sorry, man. Sorry. But that would just make a lot of sense. Uh, I agree. It would seem Gary doesn't. And, uh, that's how that goes. One of the things that they did report in the second intermission that I thought was interesting, and I don't know why they ever took it away because it was one of the most fun things they ever did was, the, they're bringing back the breakaway competition in the skills competition. And to me, like, there's nothing more... Skill-oriented. Se- well, yeah, more central to the whole thing. Like, we can do the thing. Remember last year they had the... Plat- or two years ago, the platforms up, and you were shooting it off a... Dumb. 
Yeah, like all kinds of, we can do whatever you want. You can experiment. I don't mind. But at some point, the breakaway thing as guys are eliminated, as like Dominic Hasek has that one, right, where he was just shutting out the entire Eastern Conference. Yeah. You, you see fun ones like that. And it's, it's, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. And it is maybe the most relevant to what you're trying to do. So to know that that had disappeared for a while was, was weird. But the bringing it back, and one of the things they are going to encourage is some trick shot kind of stuff and and i like that they've brought in some like youtubers who are uh, part of this to help guys work on uh, there's one guy named pavel barber who i know uh the girl i think her name is katie o'donnell i think her handle's like katie od on youtube they're that just do these crazy moves that of course when you don't have a 235 pound defenseman trying to knock you on your ass you can pull off but these people have millions of followers on youtube and to me that's kind of cool if you're going to do this remember we all got excited when when Ovechkin and Malkin like put on the funny sunglasses and hat and work together and like and then just took a little flags and right and you're like all right like what if you're going to go back to doing this competition which I think they should you might as well like this is an easy way to reach out to that other audience that maybe does just take in your highlights on YouTube or watches these unrelated um or unaffiliated uh, people on YouTube. Yeah, here's someone who's going to teach whoever, like Tre- Trevor Zegris, or I, he's not going to the game. You probably could, should bring him in too, actually. But but some of these young, exciting stars that are willing to try some shit have that guy kind of teaching him down in the, the corner before it's his move, or I don't know. I just think it's kind of, if we're going to yeah. keep doing this thing, reach out. Like, why not try and have a little fun with it? And, and this is one way to do it. These trick shot artists that are on YouTube, bring them in and let's see if they can be a part of it. I'd let them take a shot themselves. Well, and who was who was the guy? Was it Corey Perry that brought up the, broke up the mini stick? Like, yeah, I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, it's in my pants and I'm going to pull this mini stick out and try and finish. Um... But yeah, because we've already, over the years, we've identified this is not for you and it's not for me. Yeah. Right? This is for young people and and if you can- For kids them, and sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, this is it, right? And if you can see the the coolest, craziest out there shit, I don't care for it. Um, but but people do. They're like, oh, did you see that? Right? It's, it's right. that X game component. Well, could you could you create a Vince Carter moment, right, from the dunk contest? Like, these are the things you're trying to, you know, obviously the NHL is not the NBA, but the 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 dunk contest was on its last legs by the time Carter did that. He reinvigorated that with his performance there. Could you have McDavid, who is about as dial tone as they come in the NHL in terms of personality, be willing to just try something crazy and and make the highlight reels, you know, obviously it's going to make Sports Center ESPN's running the thing. So cuz cuz him beating the entire Rangers squad on the ice isn't good enough. <laughs> All right, fair enough, but And you know what? Watching him on Saturday night against the Senators, I think Connor McDavid's a bum. A oh, okay. bust. Yeah. Josh guy, Norris is the real king. Yeah, that guy gets 10 opportunities per night. He should be cashing way more of those. He'd like to He's, have someone to pass to, you'd think, after one man, or two of them. I'm that. just, you watch that guy as he regroups in the neutral zone. It's scary. Like, it's super scary. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're like, oh my God. And it's, you watch it and it's cringeworthy as, as the other teams be like, oh no. Yeah. When he circles back, you need to have like your left winger jump into that circle and crush him or trip him or something. Well, yeah. When he's uh, winding it up, like. Yeah. This is it, man. And, and, and somebody, you know, you got to give him the, uh, 
uh, this uh, Harlemov treatment. You got to give him the Bobby Clark Harlemov <laughs> treatment because I don't know how else you're stopping that guy. Like somebody was saying, why don't you lay the body on him? And you're like, yeah, yeah okay. He's moving at the speed he is and I'm standing flat-footed. If I could get my body to him, yeah. I would try. <laughs> that guy is by me in a heartbeat. Yeah, every time you see that guy play on a regular basis and, and it's just unbelievable, right? And so you're right. Whatever you could do, and, and his would have to be speed-based, right? Yeah. You know, it's to me what makes him so elite is is the, the processing of the hands and the and the and the brain at the same time, right? Like, like could he do could he do the lacrosse goal, the Michigan goal on the fly, like on the breakaway while yeah. moving like that? Could he get it on his stick and then up and over? Like that's the kind of shit I want to see you to him. And like, at what speed? Like how That's full, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, like, at full speed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it, right? Have somebody alley oop style. Throw yeah. Him, <laughs> throw him the throw him the puck, right? Yeah. I, it, the, yeah, these are the kind of things. Now he may have to use a Davy Key on flat blade, right? Whatever, you know, just sort of pitch it up. Yeah. But yeah, I agree, right? As the game gets faster, everything needs to be done at speed too, right? And so, yeah, people people want to be amazed, yeah. right? You want that it's over moment, right? Uh, well, as we move off the All Star Game thing, sort of been a ton of debate on who deserved what from which division. And we've sort of stopped doing them via conference. But I think if you were to go back to playing it by conference at this point, it would be hard to argue that the East is the far superior. And to the point where maybe the playoff race, aside from kind of positioning within the top eight, yeah. uh, is already over. Oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, and it's we have it's anywhere between 40 to 50 games left for yeah. some people. And... And do you think, and my question really was, when you look at the NHL standings today, you flip it up, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, we're talking about Saturday af- Sunday afternoon. Yep. You look at that top eight, it's almost all Eastern Conference teams. Colorado's in there. Yep. There's a couple of outliers. And then if you look at the bottom from like, 23 on down the Kraken and the Coyotes are in there, but everything else is Eastern conference, but bookending the league nicely. This is it. The whole middle of the league with, with one or two exceptions is Western conference teams. Right. Right. And so it's, it's, do you think that's that, that is a, the contributing factor to that is how strong the top end of the East is, or really just how shitty the bottom end of the East is. Well, it's probably a bit of both, but like you only get teams running away with it this much when they get to play, excuse me, a bunch of shit often, right? That's how you create that separation. If if things are more uh, competitive or Gary's favorite word, if there's more parity yeah. and maybe there is in the West, it holds everybody together, right? Like you don't get to just stomp the same team over and over like Edmonton versus Ottawa for nine games or whatever it was last year. Uh, there's sort of a, you know, Calgary got off to a great start, but then they sort of ran into it a little, um, LA and Anaheim and San Jose, as we sit here right now, I believe all hold playoff spots. I don't think we would have picked one of the California teams to make the no, playoffs. Nope. So I think it's, it's just sort of that. Yeah. Maybe the top end of the West, I would have put early on, like in, before the season started Edmonton up there, I guess that was incorrect. Uh, Vegas is 
I think once they get Eichel in there, going to be the class of the West, even ahead of Colorado. Colorado right now, they don't look good in a lot of the standings because of how few games they've played. But if you flip it into point percentage, they're a top five team. But yeah, I think when you're top end Panthers and Lightning and Capitals and Hurricanes and whatever get to keep playing, you know, the Islanders sucked for a long time. The Habs have been just they're on pace for 16 wins. Uh, Andrew Berkshire had it in a tweet earlier this week. There have only been four teams in the last 40 years that have done worse than that. They were like the expansion senators, the second year senators, the expansion blue jackets, and another expansion. Like this is terrible, right? Like, so I think that's part of it is, yeah, you your top-end teams are just beating the shit out of the bottom-end teams. Uh, Detroit, I guess, has been a little better than I expected. Like, they haven't contributed to being one of the, the yeah. weak sisters you get to beat up. But When Buffalo was coming back to the pack, yeah. you see they're, they're sort of doing the big fade. Um, that's true. They had a good start, too. But you look at the Florida Panthers put a nine spot on the Lightning the other day. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, honestly, they've scored over a three-game period. They have, like, 25 goals. They're nuts, man. They're right in terms of, and that's why you look back at that Ottawa game in December where Ottawa beat them eight two. Yep. And you're like, what is happening here? Well, that was one of the ones that came out after the Leafs lost to the Coyotes, right? Who at the time were in last place, but getting a win over the Leafs moved Montreal into the into last place. So yeah. silver lining. Um, one of the dipshit reporters in Toronto's you know, great teams win those games. And so everyone is screen capping. Hey, here's the time Ottawa beat Florida. And here's the, like, everybody has those games where it just sort of happens now and then. Right. And well, last night, Saturday night, yeah. Ottawa comes back with five yeah. third period goals and beats the Oilers. I was watching that game. I went to bed after the second going, this is kind of dull. And then, oops. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> and, and, and it was, but I stayed up for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but in the post-gamer, the presser, you got Connor McDavid up there and one of the dipshit, to borrow your word, yep. uh, Edmonton journalist says, how does it feel to have a 3-1 lead over the 30th place team in the NHL and to give it up? And you're like... Feels good, Jim Matheson. Feels really good. Terry Jones. Well, and then at, at the end of the you're like, you're a fucking 20th place team. I'm not sure <laughs> you get to stand up there and wave a placard saying, True. we're number one. <laughs> Hey, buddy, it's not 1987 anymore. You have two superstars and a bunch of shitbirds. I'm not sure you get to with an AHL goalie right. who's played Ottawa twice and has allowed 11 goals. So I'm not sure you get to... Well, that's an interesting perspective because going into last night, I was. I think I might have even tweeted, I'm glad to see Edmonton finally using their best goalie. Apparently Ottawa owns him, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think there's a majority of... Edmonton fans yes. who agree with that. And and I'm just saying, and I guess it's 10 goals because he doesn't get blamed for the empty netter. He does not. But, but that's on talk- you too, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you had a 3-1 lead and your D, yeah. there, there was some grade A opportunities, man. Right. Um, But yeah, Bob Stoffer was on, I said last week when he was on Ottawa radio, he said, oh, you'll know Tippett's going to get fired if, if Edmonton loses to Ottawa. Uh-oh. Like, that is the litmus test right there. <laughs> oh, we've lost to Ottawa. You're fired. Right. So, hey, man. Coach Killers. Oh, we lost to those guys? It's We're been, out. 
It's been a little while since we talked about the Sens. What, uh, I don't know, what's standing out? I mean, mainly because they barely played. Yeah. Um, they, they are, when you look at um, no, no Zaitsev, whatever we think Woo-hoo! of him. Yeah. <laughs> but you're talking about no White. You're talking about no Pinto. They are just under, there's not a lot of talent. There's not enough talent, right? They've got a great, first line they've got a great what could be a third line <laughs> uh and they've got a couple of good d and some young guys coming but they are on they, they are every night they are the less talented team on the ice right and that to me was matt murray was looks like he's better than earlier in the season bait now i didn't think he was very good against toronto he had a good start um yeah. but last I night bl- what- i don't blame him chuck is in full full agreement with that what's up farley uh, um, but against so, uh, Edmonton, he didn't look too bad. Yeah, Calgary, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, the Toronto game, I don't blame him for that. That was, he was probably um, well, the there was last one person. ugly one under his arm, and there's one. Yeah, but right. of six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, okay. and again, there was zero resistance, right? Yep. Like, it was, the Leafs were coming at him, and there was nothing. It would, To me, that was. It's true. I, I, I didn't, coming away from that. Matt Murray was the least of our problems. Right. Right. And so uh, Murray was really good against Calgary and he allowed four last night, but he made some great saves. Yeah. I, I did see the highlights. The only one that really bugged me might've been the second one. One just kind of got under his pad. We were like, how does that go in? I can't. Yeah. But other than that, I thought he was pretty good against Edmonton from what yeah. I saw. And the fourth goal, you know, you're like, ah, the nurse goal. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Right. In be- under, between the body and the blocker. You're yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I, I, to me, he is going to be what he is. Right. But, um, that game is more, it more pivots on, on Edmonton's inability to play defense. Right. Right. Like they just started to let, when you, when you got Gadette. Yep. Looking great. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, oh man, it's, if you're going to get beat by Norris and to a lesser degree, his first goal was sweet. Yeah. And, and, like these sorts of things are are going to happen. Right? Yeah. Even the second Norris goal, not great, but he is going to be a really good player. No, Formanton going to be a good player. But when yeah, when Godet's going roof on you on <laughs> just and you're looking at and you're allowing these opportunities to you know, Tierney looks like an acrobat. That's on you, Edmonton yeah. defense. You know whether it's CC Keith Nurse, whoever it is that are allowing. Your boy, These great Tyson opportunities, right? Like this is to me, yeah, Edmonton needs to figure it out. And one of the, whether it was Friedman or Bieksa in the, in the post game said, Hey man, sooner or later, you got to figure out, right? Do we want to, do we want to just sort of score goals or do we want to start playing defense? Cause to me, it's never going to translate. And at least the Leafs will tell you, yeah. you're not going to win. If you want to just run and gun that doesn't translate into spring hockey. It's not translating into January hockey right now for uh, for Edmonton. Right. And, and there was an interesting thing the other night, and, and I'm not sure if you saw any of the Calgary-Ottawa game. Bit of the first, that was it. Um, Ottawa's up 2 nothing, and Lucic decides he, he, he's going to... Oh, gonna yeah. Offer, Did see that. <laughs> he's going to offer Sabarin the chance to, hey, I, I want to get my team back into this. You know, you want to go? And Sabarin agreed. What are you doing if you're Scott Sabrin on multiple levels? Your team is up to nothing. Yeah. 
you have all the momentum and you're going to fight Milan Lucic, you're going to give him the opportunity? That guy throwing mailboxes at you? Well, and, and I don't know, like we talk about Ryan Reeves, or is there a scarier guy than a motivated, today in the NHL, than a motivated Milan Lucic throwing lefts yeah. or rights, like both hands? The answer is no to fight. Like, as a player, I'm like, yeah, I'm over you, right? But as a guy who I got to go into the corner with or who may want to throw down with me, yeah, no, I'm not interested, man. <laughs> like, I'm out. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not sure, like, and they talk about the code and, yeah. hey, man, uh, you know, if you do this for me, I'll do it for you later. Like, to me, they talk about stage fights being out of the game. That's a stage fight. Yeah, and he's got to know better. Like, that's his only role in the Senators lineup is to know when to do that, and you picked a terrible fucking moment. Well, you got whistled, and if the, if, if the stip-tapping, stip, the stick-tapping moment is that you lived... And didn't get seriously concussed. Good for you, man. But it wasn't the stick tap between the Kachuk brothers. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> right in the grobs. Um, yeah, well, hey, man, I, I've uh, I've got. I'm brothers. telling mom. <laughs> yeah, and, and that that's totally legit. Anyways, to me, it's it's. I think that's the kind of thing where we, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see it ever. Well, you're just trying to justify your own place in the lineup because that there's only one thing you bring, but you brought it at the wrong moment and then you didn't bring it. Like you got punched and, out and well, you couldn't and have gone is, much worse. Yeah. Early in the season, when it came down to the, the Sens are leading the Leafs, whether it was a home opener for Ottawa season opener yeah. and Sabrin showed no willingness to fight Wayne Simmons. Right. You're like, I don't know. Are they buddies? They played together. I don't Whatever the deal is. Simmons pounded him, and you're like, if 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 you can't fight Wayne Simmons, and hey man, I'm not. Uh, this isn't about yeah, Wayne Simmons. No, but Wayne Simmons is not what he once was. <laughs> right, and you're like, but you're gonna you're in a game where you're leading again. You're gonna fight Milan Lucic. He's still what he is. Yeah, and honestly, when he was just pitching him, and you're like, yeah. oof. And, and, and you deserve genuinely. this. Yeah, well, and I said it. I said it last week, not on the show, but uh, to somebody else. I'm like. Why put that guy in the lineup? You know, he, he doesn't want to fight. Well, I'm sorry, Scott Sammer. You did fight. So I take that back. Yep. But man, you got fought. You got fought big time. <laughs> one guy fought. One guy got beat up. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, it's nice that he gets to rehab. He's got a dislocated finger, but he's got to do that on an NHL salary. So good for you, buddy. That's yeah, nice. it's true. He doesn't get sent down for a while. He gets to keep making NHL right. money. So that, that was the one thing, right? We agree. That's stupid. The other thing was... We've seen Brandstrom play a couple of times, and 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 he looked really good against Calgary. Uh, to me, there was mixed results last night. He had some moments where he looked really good. There was a couple moments, yeah, not so good, right? Where he gets. I'm losing confidence in in my pro Brandstrom stance here. Okay, so the question I have is, is: there was a rumor floated earlier this week where the recently hired Nick Lidstrom by the Detroit Red Wings, mm-hmm. who's going to work out, in Europe, yeah, came out and said. We should get Brandstrom from Ottawa, hmm. and you know the, the the rumor was Zadina for Brandstrom. Oh my! You're gonna get both of them. And so, at, at the end of the day, and then and then they were talking about it was on local radio. They were, they were saying, "Ah, oh, Nick Lidstrom wants him. Now we should keep him. Should we look at this differently? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's my question to you was, yeah. Well, how do you feel about that when? Now I have to second guess what I'm thinking because oh, that guy's someone smarter than me thinks he's good. <laughs> but somebody who played the game better yep. than me. Yep. 
And uh, I don't mean I don't mean me personally yeah. me because there's lots that's of Scott people. Sabrin. Yeah, for uh, sure it is. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you get to like. It's no different than any kind of child, right? That I don't care about the ball until my little brother has the ball and now I want the ball, right? Like it's stupid shit like that. But maybe it comes down to a question of who's coaching in Detroit. Like, I don't know that their development system is still regarded the way it was um, 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, Could he succeed there? Sure. Might he still succeed in Ottawa? Sure. But I, you know, as much as I care about the Senators in terms of wanting to see good things happen, it's not much, but I, I've kept saying, you got to play that guy. Like, that guy's got pedigree, he's got talent, you got to see what he is, and they just keep sending him down, and then when he does play, I'm kind of left going, mm, I'm not sure I'm seeing what I expected to see, but you would automatically assume, yeah, as soon as Nick Lidstrom wants him, and he gets to Detroit, of course he'll turn it around. And it happens to every team, right? You give up on a guy, off he goes and turns into a goddamn star. Well, Maybe Zadina shows up and plays on a line with Stutzla yeah. behind Brady, who was drafted ahead of him, and he turns into, like, could go either way, right? Like, yeah. And it's one of those things where if you start looking at... Because <coughs> I, I, I've railed against... I know a lot of people that, but, that they should have taken Zadina ahead of Kachuk oh, was, in I said Ottawa. The same thing. Yeah. I said the same thing. Uh, Yeah, for sure, man. But if you look at at, at, it simply as, is Brandstrom going to play in front of Shabbat? No, never. Is is Brandstrom going to be in front of Sanderson or what you hope Jake Sanderson becomes? Not by the buzz that's going around. Right. He hasn't played an NHL game yet, but he sure looks like he's going to be good. Right. And so at that point you go, okay, is that guy in your your third pairing? Right. Right. And so... When you start to look at at how it slots in with other guys in terms of you know Thompson, Lassie Thompson, and JBD, who's JBD's look pretty good in his limited time up. Yep. Uh, in terms of what he is going to be as the opposite shot. Yep. So you go, yeah, okay. At some point, you got to cut bait on that guy, and you go, yeah, if Branstrom's going to go and be in their top four because he is not behind X, Y, or Z, then yeah, you got to make that trade. And, if and if Detroit sure. came to you today and said, right now, one for one, Zadina for Branstrom, would you do it? I'd do it. And I would do it with the understanding that I'm not sure Zadina is ever going to be right. what he was in, in the queue. Which, it's, you're, it's question mark for question mark. Right. And and I, I have to do that with the understanding that, yeah, Branstrom is going to be deployed in a different way in Detroit than yeah. he is in Ottawa. Yeah. And and that's just the way it is. Unless you're going to play him on the opposite side and play him with Shabbat, doesn't seem likely, nope. or Sanderson. So at the end of the day, he's not going to be where he is. You have to disassociate yourself from the fact that he was traded virtually one for one for Mark Stone. Yeah, that's the part that's going to be tough for Dorian to get past. Come on, Igor Sokolov. <laughs> and so, yeah. At that point, I have no idea what Zadina is going to be, if he's going to be anything more than what he's shown right now four years in as sort of a 10-goal scorer. Right. But yeah, as you said, you put him on the wing with uh, with Stutzla, and who knows what's going to happen. But it's one of those things where, oh, that guy's showing interest in him. What are we missing? Should we, should we, be, should we be re-looking at this? <laughs> Anyway. They should just have that be Nick Lidstrom's only job is just to like start talking about every other team's <laughs> like just start mind fucking everybody, right? Like, yeah, 
And We'd then, really like to get Chris Russell. We'd be like, oh, we should play Chris Russell more. Nick Lidstrom likes him. That guy looks awesome. How about Duncan Keith or Cody Cease? Yes. Can we, get, can we get that? Some of Lidstrom's compatriots. Yeah. <laughs> and so you just sort of look at it and you go, ah, you know what? You got to understand that that guy was a great defenseman. Doesn't make make him necessarily a great talent evaluator either. So Nope. We don't know that at all yet. Uh, we don't forget um, later on this week. We'll get you ready for UFC 270. Creech and Bunda will be back on the podcast on Thursday morning. Uh, In their underwear? Probably, yeah. Francis and Ganu versus Cyril Gon. Um, should be a, a killer main event. Uh, in the meantime, got another banger here, man, from our buddy James Mellish, Silver Seeker MTG on Twitter. We'll share the link there, uh, as we always do, and we'll post this on our social media feeds. He's the guy who's been making all these uh, cover songs and framing them up as they pertain to the Ottawa Senators. And uh, he's got one here called In the Tub about Drake Batherson. Of course. So uh, it's pretty good. We'll uh, get out of here on that. And like I said, we'll post the video for it on our uh, on our social media feeds. Uh, for Rob, my name's Matt. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Audio, Facebook.com slash Audio. We will catch you go, all next time. Go, go, go try keep it to bad. I beat all the goalies clean because it's always bad. I'm just filling out my screen because it's always bad time. We'll always be the winning team when it's your bad time. You can find them in the tub, splashing in the suds. We passes through the seam like days a rubber duck. Call that a bad bomb the way he slaps the puck. When Drake makes a fake demon looking washed up. You can find him in the tub, splashing in the suds. We passes through the seam like days a rubber duck. Call that a bad bomb. I'm the way he slaps the puck when Drake makes a fake demon looking washed up. Captain 121, straight up hate Brent Sun. Marinated in the minors, he was almost overdone. Sense pretty both with Igor, so they got to talk a lot. Drake instead of any gore, mixed together, pops off. First shot, first goal, he took the big league by storm. Thought an ex pro dad in this league was the norm. If you watch how he plays, you must take him for a first round pick. So slept on, tough the needle, sent a cease and desist. Brushing up on his journey, so he and Stutzla can speak. Now Timmy's still talking high. When he says he cleave a deep When you hear water running That means Drakey is coming Opposing players give showers They don't go near the plumbing Some folks know him as Trotsy Some folks know him as Bobby But those goalies know him as the one guy they is stopping Just a matter of time for his next scoring streak